Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkapoli. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping again and looking again and looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, He's 20. Gone. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. No. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 207. The Buccaneers fall to the L.A. Rams 34-24, to your final score. The franchise-long win streak has been snapped at 10. And uh, we're going to break this game down. I mean, the, the best word I can think of is just frustrating. Everything about this game was frustrating. Uh, there were some, some miscues, mistakes early on that, we knew we we're going to cost this team down the stretch, but didn't realize that it would, you know, turn the tide, so to speak, in favor of L.A. the way that it did. But welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, right, Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, Evan, before, you know, I-, I let you speak your piece, I just want to say that this this is why you're critical after the Cowboys game, even though it was a win, you still find places that this team could have been better. This is why we're critical after the Atlanta game. They put up nearly 50 on a division opponent, even though it was Atlanta. There were still points left on the field. There were still things that needed to be fixed. This is why you're critical, because when you play one of the NFC's top teams, which is exactly what the LA Rams are, this is the result that you get. Or I think, you know, some people thought this was going to be the result that you got. I know you picked them to lose this week. I don't know how happy people are going to be about it if you're banging your chest about it, but you did pick them to lose this week. And, you know, for all the people who said that we are too negative on this podcast, uh, I don't know what they're going to say today. It won't say anything. That's normally how it goes, right? Um, I, yeah. So let me get something like set the record straight here real quick. Just because I am picking the Buccaneers to lose does not mean I am rooting for the Buccaneers to lose. I hope I'm wrong, right? Right here, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, guess what? I was right. No. I mean, I was three points off of the Rams score. And I was only four points off of the Bucs score, so I had it pretty close. But, hey, um, you know, I also you know, I predicted the Cowboys to score 28 points. People said I was crazy. They scored 29. 
you know, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't root against the team when I'm picking against them. Okay. Just to make that clear. I don't okay. think you have to make it clear. I feel like most people with common no, it, sense. It should, that, it should right? be common sense, but like yeah. it's not for some reason. Yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, talking about this football game, it is early in the year. It is only week three. Like I said before, the Bucks are two and one. The same record that they had last year after this point. So hopefully this game is an outlier for Tampa Bay. I, I know that in 2020, the outlier came in week nine. You know, 38 to three is definitely an outlier, but something about this game, even though the final score says 34 to 24, it was a garbage time touchdown by Tampa Bay just to get some more points on the board. Nothing about this game from Tampa Bay's perspective was good. Like Tom Brady was good. We'll we'll talk about Uh, TB12's performance here in a minute. You know, there were a couple of guys who had some big stat days. Mike Evans had over 100 yards receiving. Hey, people we, wanted to see Giovanni Bernard involved. And, yeah, uh, he did, and, and so. we saw Gio, Gio Bernard have his best game ever as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It only took the Bucs two and a half games to figure out what he was able to do. But once they did, we actually saw him out there making some pretty productive plays. I think he had over 60 yards rece- uh, receiving on the day. But for the Bucs, all three facets of the game just were not there. The offensive play calling wasn't that great from the get-go. It seemed like we stalled out more times than not. Even when we were able to move down the field, they could not finish in the red zone. The defense, I know they're banged up with injuries, but the defense could not stop a damn thing. We talked all week about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You didn't see as much Robert Woods out Mm -hmm. there, but that's okay because Deshaun Jackson had 120 (laughs) yards plus receiving. So, uh, you know, in special teams, I felt pretty good about Bradley Pinion's day until he had that brutal shank. That uh, that 15 yard kick, that I the think soul. the onside kick at the end of the game went farther than that punt. But from top to bottom, this was just not a good day for the Buccaneers. And even though it's week three, you have to learn from this and you just got to make these adjustments going forward. Well, I think you can look at the positive and it is week three. Yeah. You know, this team isn't a finished product right now. This isn't uh, week 15 and this isn't the Atlanta Falcons. You know, this is a, a team that. Uh, you know, is probably, I, I think you have to say, is the best team in the NFC right now. The Bucs aren't. You know, I, I think I can't come out after the Rams beat the Bucs by 10. I can't come out and say, well, the Bucs are still the best team. Sure, you know, I wish the Bucs were, were fully healthy and they had Antonio Brown and Jason Pierre-Paul and Sean Murphy Bunting. And, you know, Jamel Dean played a little bit in this game. Uh, but then in most of the game, I'd say probably 70% of the game he was out. Uh, here's the funny thing. The Bucks total plays. Now, some of this was garbage time stuff, yes. However, the Bucks total plays, they ran more total plays than the Rams. They had more total yards on offense than the Rams. Tom Brady had more passing yards than Matthew Stafford. The Bucks only the, the Rams only held the ball for 20 more seconds than the Buccaneers did. The time of possession was the Rams had it for 30 minutes and 10 seconds. And the Bucs had it for 29 minutes and 50 seconds. The Bucs had five more first down than the Rams did. But the difference, seven penalties for 41 yards for the Bucs. That's not horrible, right? Like, that's not awful. And it's definitely been worse. It was worse against Dallas. It was worse against Atlanta. But one penalty for four yards against the Rams. That's one of the biggest differences right there. But the very biggest difference 
third down. Third down offense, the Bucs were six for 13. Not horrible, but also not great. You'd like it to be better. The Rams, 10 for 15. Can't have 10 converted third downs. And some of them, you know, not all of them are third and two. Some of them were third and 10. You know, they didn't really get into many third and long, long, like third and 15 situations, but uh, like the Bucs did sometimes. But there was a few third and tens that were converted. It couldn't happen, and um, a lot of this falls on the defense. I, we'll get into the offense. Um, I, I wanted to say real quick before it slipped my mind. So a lot of people are going to call me pessimistic, but it turns out that I was right. After the Bucks had three possessions on offense and scored no points when the Rams had two possessions and scored no points, I thought the game was over because I thought the Bucks had blown their chance. The, the, I thought the Bucs had completely blown their chance to take the lead in this football game by having three drives result in zero points. Two of them were three and out. Well, and, and I, then and then the Rams, the Rams actually they started off slow too. The Bucs mm-hmm. could have been up 14 nothing. Yeah, it was five like, straight punts to start the game for both teams. They they blew their chance right there in the first quarter. The first quarter ended 0-0. The Bucs blew their chance to win this football game right at the very beginning of it. I, I think the tone of this game was playing catch-up. Like you said, the Bucks got behind pretty early. I think it was a 17-point game at one point. The Rams had it pretty much the entire way. But you look at the mistakes that were early during that critical part of the game when neither of the offenses could get going. You had that Rob Gronkowski drop, which killed Can't the drive. Happen. Can't happen. And then you had Jamel Dean drop the interception. Can't happen. The, that Those are two plays that cannot happen. Coming into this game, we talked about how close it was going to be, right? I mean, everybody's prediction said it was going to be an offensive shootout, and it wasn't exactly that. The Rams still put up 30-plus points, but it seemed like whoever had the ball last was going to score. Now, if the offense for Tampa Bay was able to get going a little bit earlier, it probably would have been more competitive. I think play calling has a little bit to do there. But uh, those miscues in the first quarter when the game was still competitive, you know, you texted me as soon as that Gronk dropped happened. You're like, that can't happen. You, you cannot mm-hmm. afford stuff like that in games like this. And, uh, you know, like you said, I think I agree with those sentiments. The but the Bucks kind of blew their shot in the first quarter. Yeah, they, they had they had their chance to win the game and they, they didn't do it. So um, I thought the the first the third drive with the Gronk drop, it wasn't that wasn't horrible offensive play calling. I thought the first two drives were embarrassing. Uh, I thought they were ridiculous. You're trying to establish the run with Leonard Fournette. You're trying to throw it down in a flat to Giovanni Bernard, who's not even getting to where the sticks are. Just embarrassing uh, to, to come out with that sort of effort. And, you know, the defense didn't play great either. If you if, if you go back and look, Stafford missed throws. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was a lot on Stafford missing throws. Uh, you know, he had the jitters. He underthrew Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson could have had two 70-yard touchdowns a day. He underthrew Deshaun Jackson. Um, he overthrew Cooper Cup. He underthrew Deshaun Jackson. I, I, I not making excuses because it doesn't matter one way or the other at this point. But I think it's because Vita Vea was like right there, like Vita. Yeah, and that was then that was in the first two drives. Coincidentally, were the only time that the Bucks were really able to put pressure on Stafford. We talked about how you know they weren't really getting sacks in the season, but they were getting pressures. Today was neither. Uh, today, today was neither, and you're not going to beat almost any quarterback if you can't touch them. So, 
you know, you play Mac Jones next week. Mac Jones is obviously no Matt to Stafford. The Patriots offense is not the Rams offense. So you can get away with that stuff. However, what's going to happen when even Jameis Winston and the Saints come in here? If you don't touch him, you got to be able to put pressure on quarterbacks. You know, Josh Allen is going to come in here and light you up if you don't touch him. Right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl, if they let Patrick Mahomes sit there, he's going to find somebody. The name of the game on defense, especially when your secondary is not only struggling, but also very banged up and is starting your fifth cornerback. Right. Start, starting D Delaney in first an important year, game. First year guy. Start starting him. Start putting him up against Cooper Cup because you had to. That's where the pass rush needs to step up. And the Bucks defense just did not do that. So, where do we want to get into depth first? Do we want to go with the Bucks offense or do we want to go with the pass rush? Because the, I mean, the pass rush, well, we could just go on about that, <laughs> I guess. But the, the Bucks defense, because one, I'm going to be very negative about, and the other, I'm going to sort of shine a positive light on. Yeah. I, I think with all the questions coming out of the defense, we'll tackle that first. Uh, I want to talk about maybe some adjustments the Bucks can make this week. Of course, we'll talk about the obvious Richard Sherman or another suitable corner to come in and be an addition to this team. A little bit earlier, uh, the Buccaneers restructured Ali Marpet's contract. They added a couple of voidable years and basically made up $4 million in cap space. Now, if we want to assume that that money is to sign somebody, it seems like a pretty safe bet because at this point, it is a necessity. We touched on it a little bit earlier. You are missing Sean Murphy bunting. Jason Pierre-Paul was not out there for this game. And that's a huge blow to this defense. But overall, even with JPP out there, Let's talk about the pass rush before we talk about the secondary, because as you alluded to earlier, it seemed like those first couple of drives when both teams were stalling out was the only time that this team got pressure on Matt Stafford. Well, Golston had a sack in garbage time, and that was big yeah. at the end of the game. But three sacks over three weeks from a front seven that is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. It's also very expensive, Brett, might I add. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what were your thoughts on this pass rush? Because these first three weeks of the season, you know, the problems on defense go a little bit, little bit longer than uh, just the secondary. Yeah, I mean, Shaq Barrett's being paid big money. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is being paid big money. I know he didn't play, but he played in the first two games. Dinamican Sue is is not being paid pennies. Um, obviously, Vita Vey is still on a rookie contract, but it's still money. Um, where is it? You know, Levante David getting paid big money to, to blitz. Devin White still on a rookie contract, but getting paid good money. Where, where are you guys? Very quiet game for Devin White in particular today, it felt like. And, you know, where 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 are you guys? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer on how to solve the pass rush because I don't know. Uh, they have the talent. That's not the issue. I, I don't, I just, it comes down to executing. You, you got to be able to execute. I, I understand the Rams offensive line is no slouch, right? They're a very good offensive line. Give them props there. But I mean, besides those first two drives, you didn't touch Stafford. They are not that good. Like their offensive line is not on that level. I, I would argue the Cowboys offensive line might be on the same level or even maybe better than the Rams. And you just, you weren't able to, to do anything. My checklist, you know, uh, turnover free game. Don't think the Bucks had a turnover. 
right? I, I don't think they did. They, but, almost. Aaron Donald actually almost. got a uh, he got a mid on Tom Brady. Uh, you know what? It, yeah, let's, let's talk on. about let's, that. We got to go ahead and go. That. Let's go ahead and go. I knew this was coming, and uh, I'm glad that we could go ahead and get to it now. I know we're talking about the pass rush, but let's go ahead and talk about this goddamn officiating. So this play. The Buccaneers are driving down the field inside the two-minute warning, I believe trying to score a touchdown to tie it up going into halftime, right? Yeah, it was 14-7. They're around, they're around midfield, just trying to maybe even get in field goal yep. range, just get some points. So Brady drops back. He's doing his thing, goes through his progressions, goes to let the ball go, and Aaron Donald comes around the right side, gets a hand on it, and it is a fumble. Ball mm -hmm. flies forward, does not hit the ground. Most important detail right here. Ball does not hit the ground. Gio Bernard scoops it up and picks up a gain of like what twelve? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, and it, got out of bounds. It would have been a first down. Got out of bounds. Stopped the clock. It's one of those, you know, making chicken salad out of chicken shit because I for sure thought that that ball was going to be going the other way, and then all of a sudden I saw Gio Bernard had it, and he was making plays. He had a great day today as well. But it, it seems like every single week <laughs> these referees are digging as deep as they possibly can into the NFL rulebook to beat the Buccaneers. And listen, I know that I'm just, you know, a Brady Mark who's coming up with excuses at this point, but what the fuck is this rule? All right, let me go ahead yeah. and read it off to you. Inside the two-minute warning, the only person who can recover a fumble and advance the football is the person who fumbled the ball. So Tom Brady was the only person eligible on that play to get the fumble back and move the ball downfield. What is that fucking garbage? What was that, Evan? You know, the initial rule, I'm actually, I'm fine with the rule. Because if, if that rule wasn't in place, then you just I've never have, heard of that shit. No, well, then if the rule wasn't in place, you would just have players intentionally fumbling to try and try and get it to other players to advance the ball. Like, sure, I, I, that's the I reason guess. for the rule. However, here, here's my issue. The ball never goes in the ground. So Ew, why I thought it was it, a complete why pass. Couldn't it, why couldn't it just be considered a completion? Right. Like, why? The ball never hits the ground. Like, it, how? I don't understand. Like, that's just, that's a bad use of that rule right there. The ball never hits the ground. Giovanni Bernard, it's not like he picks it up right away. No, I would understand if he picked it up and then advanced it because that's the rule. It doesn't touch the ground. Why is that not considered a completion? The ball went from the quarterback's hands to the running back's hands without touching the ground. I, I, it's, it's comical. And not only does it not count, you go back to the spot of the fumble, which is actually the behind the, the original line. line of scrimmage, and they don't put any time back on the clock. So any time that Giovanni Bernard spent running is not put back on the clock. So that really cost the Bucks there. They had to settle for a Ryan suck-up field goal, which would have been his career long, and it was nowhere close. Um, what did you think of the Rams' pick play that uh, got him a touchdown? Yeah? Uh, I'm trying not to – yeah, I don't want to curse. Go so for it. Go no, for it. Do it. No, no. <laughs> Um, it's only week three. It, it has yeah, to be like a, if, a crunch time loss for Evan yeah, to get if, that if angry on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that's when you might hear that. But I that's I is you know the the yet again like the the pick play thing. I feel like the refs are literally just looking for a receiver to move his body right in a certain way, whether it's you know something like. The very next drive, they they called Gronkowski for it because he like moved his hip. Like I think that's what they're looking for, and that's ridiculous. So what? 
I would have a receiver just stand there and not move and do a pick play every single time because they won't call it, right? That's what Robert Woods did. That, that was ridiculous. There's no way that Cooper Cup gets that wide open without something illegal happening. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I know Cooper Cup was getting open all day, but, like, there was a reason for that one. Like, it was because he freaking uh, – yeah, dude. I, I mean, officiating yeah. was at its absolute worst today. We have talked a lot about officiating over these first two weeks, and maybe we've been a little picky, right? You don't always get the call that you want, and you're going to be pissed off about it. But today was just piss poor officiating. I, I felt like the entire game, you know, and it's it's hard to blame it entirely on the refs because coming into this game, we said that the Bucks need to minimize mental errors. They need to not go out here and get Correct. as many flags. It, as it, it goes, it goes on them. Yeah, yeah. And it was there, only there's, I think there's what, a lot of there's a lot of false starts, which there's nothing you can debate about the refs there. So. Right? Uh, didn't you say it was only seven total penalties for forty seven, some which yards? Isn't, yeah, which isn't horrible. It <laughs> felt like twice that. Yeah. Seriously, it felt like every other play they were getting a flag. But for this Bucks team, that's just another thing that you have to take away from this game is that I know that the refs were just horseshit, but you have to clean it up. You have to. The Buccaneers are 31st in the league with getting penalties. I don't know what it's going to look like after this week, but I imagine they're not going to be moving up the percentile by very much. This is not a very well-mannered football team right now, and that has to be cleaned up. But like you said earlier, it is only week three. This is not a finished product, but for the Bucks, I hope this game is an outlier, and I hope that this is the game that they take the most away from because they just they look terrible today. Uh, all right. So now that we're, we're done our two tangents there about the officiating, <laughs> let's move on to and talk about the the secondary and yeah. possibly additions that could be made. Uh, so it's tough to gauge to for me. Right. Because you're you're playing Cooper Cup, you're playing Robert Woods, you're playing Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby. These are good players. And you're doing it without two of your starting cornerbacks. Um, you do that with any team and it's not going to be very nice. Right. It's not going to work out very well. Felt like they were kind of picking on Carlton Davis a little bit, which is concerning. Like I felt like he held his own. OK, but like. I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's, it's a, a tough, it's a tough spot to put D Delaney in. It really is. But at the same time, like you got to be ready. And unfortunately, you weren't playing the the New England Patriots with you know some or the New York Jets with some scrub receivers. You're playing one of the best offenses in the NFL. So it's tough to gauge. But they do. There's no denying that they they need secondary help, yeah. and uh, we'll see where they can find it. Well, I mean, with the pace that they were playing today, you know, it seemed like they were picking on Carlton, but they could have picked on anybody on that field. That's the thing. Like, you could have thrown it at Dee yeah. Delaney all day. You could have thrown it at Jamel Dean until he was out of the game. You well, if, even if you, you could have thrown it right to Jamel Dean, he wouldn't have caught it. So. I thought Ross Cockrell had a couple of pretty okay hustle plays. There was, uh, I believe... It was a Deshaun Jackson. That, yeah, well, that yeah, was he, the under. That was the underthrow. It was, it was the underthrow. Well, there were two underthrows to Deshaun Jackson. One of them he couldn't even find it. Well, one of them was not underthrown. So. And one of them was not underthrown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, let's not the other it was not underthrown. It was a. Uh, but let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, let's quick. do it. Um, so that I'm not gonna really pin that on Carlton Davis. It seemed like that's Mike Edwards just completely getting duped by Matthew Stafford. Uh, it looked like. I don't know. It wasn't a double move. It wasn't like Jackson went to the middle of the field. He, he didn't do any of that. He just, he was running straight and Edwards just 
I think he had his eyes solely on Stafford. Stafford sort of did that little shimmy. And I mean, Edwards, not only did he go forward, but he also fell down. So there was no chance of a recovery to even possibly make a tackle when Deshaun Jackson caught the ball. Not even a minute into the second half, you're down 21 to uh, what, 21 to seven. Um, yeah, that might have been, I thought right then and there, that game was probably over because once the Rams got up two scores, I was like, don't know if this if this offense can do enough while the defense can also still get stops and that was the case yeah um so yeah jamel dean goes out and uh we're not sure we don't know uh, the severity of it and um we'll see what happens but it's it's not good i mean the fact that he went out last week but it was able to come back him and carlton davis but it's not very good right it's not a good thing that he did go out and uh, and where it wasn't able to come back. So obviously everybody's going to be talking uh, about possible uh, additions, including Richard Sherman, of course. Um, you know, there's obviously that, that whole thing with the Bucks clearing the cash space. And then they were, they were talking to him and stuff. Uh, you know, Bruce Arians in his press conference actually kind of, I don't know if he's doing this on purpose, is <laughs> he you know, how you know how like he left the door open for for Sherman? He said, "Well, you know, we we'll have to look and see if there's it, a fit. if it's a fit, we'll go for it." I don't know if I don't know if there's a if if exactly there there is a uh you know like a, a thing that he knows uh, that's changed over the last few days with Sherman with uh, other t- you know other corners that that could possibly be signed. Um. So there's a tweet from Greg Allman said asked about potentially adding a corner. Bruce Arians said they already added two in recent weeks and Pierre Desir and Rashard Robinson could be coy, but didn't sound like a splasher move was imminent. So, um, you know, that that's, that's basically Bruce Arians trying to throw a little bit of cold water on the Sherman stuff. Maybe he felt it was getting a little too hot there. Uh, we do know that the Panthers also reached out to Richard Sherman now because uh, JC Horn went down with an injury and their their GM actually was with the Seahawks has a relationship with Sherman. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think they need to do something. I'm not sure if it's Sherman or if it's not, but uh, I, I still wouldn't bet on Sherman uh, just because it sound from me reading the tea leaves. All right. This isn't a source. I'm not there. I don't know. It seems like Sherman wants money. It, to me, it just it seems like he wants either a multi-year deal with some guarantees or he just wants a, like a lot of money for one year. And that's not something the Bucks can give. If Sherman wants to come to Tampa, he's going to have to make a sacrifice on the money. That's why I don't believe uh, it's going to happen. I think they need to do something, whether that's whether that's something is uh, elevating Pierre Desir from the practice squad. So be it. You know, who knows? They need they got to do something. But uh, I'm not 100% sure that it's Sherman. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that, but uh, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't get your hopes up. That's all. I think the popular majority of people think it is Richard Sherman, just because that's the only real name. It, it makes linked. sense, of course. Right, yeah. It does. It, it makes sense, especially now with the depleted secondary that you have. But if Richard Sherman goes somewhere else. You know, let's talk about are there any other suitable corners that are out there that could, you know, come in and, and fit well into this defense? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm going to throw one name out there. Prince Mugamara. Uh, he's a current free agent. I think uh, the Bears released him, I think, or the Jaguars, something like that. I, I don't know. I know. I know those teams aren't even close to each other, but um, he, he he's a name, but I don't know. I, I think they might want to try out Pierre Desir first. I really do. Uh, and see how that goes. It's obviously so. A lot of people, real, real quick, if they sign Sherman, if they sign a Mugamara, those guys are not going to be playing in New England week four. Like, that's not going to happen, right? It's just like you, they, they can't get caught up that quick. Okay. It, it's much easier to learn an offensive playbook than it is to learn a defensive playbook. If Sherman were to be signed and even playing versus New England, you know, I don't think you'd see him much. Right. His, the, you know, he, he doesn't know enough about First the defense. Week. Yeah, he doesn't know enough. So, um, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not really sure uh, who it could be, but I think they got they got to do something. I mean, that's you know, the secondary has been playing. It's it's unacceptable. Um, it, it really is. It's not. If you want to win another championship, if you want to win this division, if you want to be able to win a playoff game, uh, that's not going to cut it. So. If you want the first round buy, if you want the, the home field advantage, it's you're not going to be able to to have those things by playing that way. And uh, I saw somebody said uh, Dante said trade for someone. Gilmore's out until week eight, so he's a no go. Even if Gilmore wasn't, I can tell you with confidence that's not happening. There's just no resources um, for it. Yeah, they they just don't have it. I mean, you know, Gilmore would would mean a lot of sacrifices that I don't think fans really understand. Um, that would basically mean that you're letting Carlton Davis just walk and, and Gilmore is your new number one corner. I understand Gilmore is a very good player and he's probably a better player right now than Carlton Davis, but Carlton Davis is a younger, cheaper player right now. Gilmore wants a brand new contract. Plus you'll probably have to give a first or second round pick to go get him. So like, it's just, that's not, that's not very smart. I don't think so. That's why Stefan Gilmore ain't going to be happening. Like yeah. it's just, if they're going to bring in a high profile guy, it's going to be Richard Sherman. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect it, but we will see what happens as, as the week moves on. I think you're going to see Sherman sign somewhere soon. Could be Tampa. Obviously they have interest, but uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, without a doubt, it is uh, sure going to be a lot of eyes on all the, but no, but, but, but yet again, real quick, this week. real quick. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Richard Sherman, if he's back there, if the pass rush doesn't get there, it won't matter. <laughs> so it, it really it comes down to the pass rush. It really does. The success of this defense really comes down to the pass rush. It, it honestly, honestly does. If the Bucks pass rush is there, they will. The secondary will be better. Will it be perfect. Probably not. Right. Especially if Jamel Dean has to miss time and you're playing D Delaney or Pierre Desir or whoever. But it'll make the secondary so much better. A good pass rush can mask a lot of secondary issues. It, it, it really, really could. And just to address it in the chat, a lot of people are talking about that extra cap space that Tampa was able to acquire with restructuring Ali Marpet's contract, right around $4 million. Some of the free agents that are notable, we talked about some of the corners, but somebody in the live chat had mentioned uh, a guy like Geno Atkins is still a free agent, still available. But I'll be honest, man, I, I don't know... The strength of the of the pass rush right now is the interior. Exactly. They... So I don't know how much of a difference a guy like Geno Atkins is going to make, which is why I just don't really know if someone like that is on Tampa's radar. No, I I, yeah. I don't think so. I, 
the pass rush, I wouldn't expect them to really make an outside move. That's just going to have to be internal. Yeah, but, I, th- uh, I think you're, they're just, uh, they're think, just going to have to play better. I, I think you're just kind of stuck with what you got, especially with how much money is tied into it. Jack Barrett being paid big money. Joe Tryon got a little more exposure today, and I think that was nice. While he didn't get a sack, he had a couple of key pressures on uh, Matt Stafford, and I'd love to see him develop if he's given a little bit more opportunity, depending on JPP's status for next week against New England. Before we talk about the offense, I do also want to remind everybody, uh, and this will be very brief, but the Kansas City Chiefs are one and two after losing. <laughs> I, I actually I wanted to say that yeah. <laughs> they are one and two after losing their second straight game today uh, to the L.A. Chargers so, at home. At home, yeah. So just remember that. You know what I mean? Just it could be worse, right? They, We've uh, definitely they're... seen worse from this team. The Kansas City Chiefs are currently last in their division. So, <laughs> right? What the hell is going on? The, the Denver, right. the Denver Broncos are three and zero, and the Kansas City Chiefs are one and two. The Kansas City Chiefs have the same exact record as the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah, and the Panthers are three and zero and stand by and, themselves in and first place in the, the NFC same, South. The Kansas City Chiefs have the same exact record as the Houston Texans. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> With another season comes another sponsor for the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are partnering up with PlayActionPools.com to bring some interactive fun to the sport that we all love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everybody. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Select winners are going to have their hands at a plethora of great prizes brought to you by our guys at playactionpools.com. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe B L E A V football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They have got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a pretty cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools, and another proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. All right, man, let's talk about the offense and try and cheer, cheer ourselves up a little bit on this show. First things first, the quarterback, Tom Brady, Mr. TV 12, 41 for 55 pass attempts, 432 yards, and only one touchdown on the day, which was the Gio Bernard in crunch time. Brady also led the team in rushing today, had three carries for 14 yards. So uh, what does that tell you about the offensive production for Tampa Bay? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I might be I might be faster than Tom Brady. So that that tells you all you need to know about the offensive production. Um, so okay, make a trade for Humphrey or Alexander. Are you talking about Marlon Humphrey? And I'm not sure Alexander. No, Adam Humphrey. Um, what do you but, mean? Adam yeah, Humphrey's and Quan Alexander. That's who he was. Talking Boom. About. <laughs> that's what they're missing. That's what they're missing. Um, <laughs> that's what I actually originally thought too. Uh, well, if it's if you're talking about Marlon Humphrey, there's no chance in you know what that the Ravens are trading Marlon Humphrey. He's their number one corner and their Super Bowl contender. So that's that's not going to happen. Um, you, for, Stephon Gilmore is more likely to be a Buccaneer than Marlon Humphrey is. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'm actually more likely to be a Buccaneer than than uh, Marlon Humphrey is. Uh, so 
Oh, and the other name, Jair Alexander. Yeah, that's not happening either. Packers aren't giving them <laughs> up. Um, so, yeah, I thought Brady was masterful. And I didn't have a huge issue with the offense. I really, really did. They moved the ball well. They had more yards than the Rams. A lot of it wasn't even in garbage time. A lot of it was the Rams were still, it was still a game. The Rams were still trying to, to get after it. So I, I thought, I thought they were pretty good. Honestly, I, I do. If, if you, if they score a field goal there at the end, at the end of the half, uh, at the end of the second quarter, I should say, um, it's it was they so have 27 yeah they have they have 27 points then at total they had three drives they just started slow you know if, if Gronkowski catches that ball they're getting points off that drive then if Gronkowski catches that ball right I, I just I didn't hate the offense I thought it was actually pretty good obviously they need to run the ball better but the strength of this team is never going to be running the ball um the rams yeah they had like what 70 like 80 some rush yards a lot of that was late that's i'm not gonna give them that whatever i was surprised they gave sony michelle as much work as they did i know they were just trying to chew clock at the end there but he got a lot of carries yeah matthew donovan would appreciate it if you chilled out in the fantasy so um oh what is it bad yeah, I don't know. Uh, he I said haven't even Bucks, checked my matchup today. Hold on, let's he, get this in live action here. He said, uh, "Bucks and Pats already disappointed me enough today." So, oh no. Well, I sorry, Matt. I mean, that's what happens when you mess with the best, man. Yeah, but uh, here's here's the thing. While while you go over that, I'll um. So on my checklist, I had be patient on offense. The issue was <laughs> through the first three drives, you were too patient on offense. I never seen. I think yeah, Cardi Cardi in in the chat said, uh, you know. So many bubble screens, so many, you know, just small. Yeah, the like, short I, game. The short game was the main focus today. I, like. I and I thought it was supposed to be right game plan there, but not the way you're executing it. Jalen Ramsey was wrecking the Bucks blocking on those screens, and they didn't do anything about it. I just, I, I felt like there were better ways to do it. One positive, one positive. Always got to be one. Tyler Johnson's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good, folks. Uh, don't he is, tell. man. For He's a good football player. TJ, okay? three receptions, 63 yards. One of them, he was wide-ass open. But uh, the way he is able to make adjustments on the fly to make sure he really reels in the pass, he looks like a natural out there, man. I'm glad we got a good look at Tyler Johnson today. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh. You know, I, I'm excited. I am excited for him. And I remember when I saw on the show on a preview show, I said, you know, everybody's talking about Scotty Moore. I was like, it's going to be Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson is going to be that guy. And it was. Uh, he almost, almost brought one to the house. If if they can, man, if that if he could break that tackle, he's right. gone. Yeah, that was that um, was a touchdown-saving tackle if there ever was one. I think he also, wrapped him up by the rope. angles. What a rope by Brady. Man, yeah. oh, man. That right was between those two defenders. That was pretty. So props to Tyler Johnson. Uh, props to Ron Gronkowski for playing through it. Uh, I know he was in a lot of pain. Uh, I personally probably wouldn't even put him back out there, but whatever. Uh, do you have a fantasy update for us? Is there is there yeah, an update? So I looked at my matchups, and I'm not really sure what Matthew's fantasy team name is because I'm playing a guy named Robbie and uh, I think Caleb in my other 
fantasy league. Hmm. So I don't know which man. I don't know if it's me he's thinking of. Am, am I playing? Him? But in the uh, in the CFP league, I am losing to Gronky Kong, one nineteen to ninety seven. I'm actually projected to lose that game by less than five points. Oh, I I am. I'm playing a guy. Is I'm playing a guy named Matt. That's you. That's you. Then are you winning? Yeah. Are you kicking his ass? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm down, but I'm rejected to win. <laughs> and then my other so. matchup, I'm going up against uh, Bucks Planet, our IG group chat league, and I am ahead 106 to 93 in that league. So I'm probably going to go one for one again this week for the third straight week in a row. Gotcha. Um, so there's uh, hello. My name is Kyle. Thanks for introducing yourself. Uh, we, we, we won't. Uh, it's just the username. We, we won't trade for a running back. I think we draft corner in the first and running back in second round next year. So we're already talking draft. That's fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them to trade for a running back. I just even if, you know, even if the running backs continue to suck, I wouldn't expect that. Well, well let's let's talk about the running backs and, and we don't have to spend that much try. time on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you can take away from this game. Not very you didn't much. see it. You didn't see him much. Yeah, you can't take away. A you whole saw lot. Gio Bernard. Let, Leonard, Four, Leonard Fournette didn't drop the ball. That's a positive. He did not. Let's talk about Ronald Jones, because I, I think somebody brought it up in the live chat. Um, Actually, no, they didn't. I just remember where I saw this, but uh you know, people who don't like Ronald Jones are, are really starting to be a little bit more vocal. We talked about maybe headed into this game. You know, what is going on with Ronald Jones? Is it is it is it too soon to look at the draft for a running back? We know that every single running back in the backfield for Tampa Bay is a free agent at the end of the season. Gio Bernard, except, who absolutely except exploded. for old, old, reliable Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Gio Bernard, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones all potentially gone at the end of the year. That running back room could look a lot different, but like I, I feel like the Bucks are going to keep one it, one of those three guys, if not maybe two out of three. If Keyshawn Vaughn is the only, <laughs> is the starting running back, <laughs> the lone survivor, year, I will be like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> yeah. So. You know, they, there's it's, it's yeah, you're going to look, especially with running back. It's an exciting position. So people look at the exciting college running back. Um, Willie Beeman, by the way, in the chat, our moderator holds Willie. down, says good evening. And he also brought up uh, running back Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. The issue with Spiller is he's not as much of a cash, uh, pass catcher, which we all have seen that in this <laughs> yeah, offense. Right. Can we not do that again? Um, he's like not very consistent with his hands. Who is that remind me of every Bucks running back? Um, so maybe they will draft him, but it sounds like that's their type of back. So um I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with Rojo, man. I I, I really don't. I, I wish I knew he looked okay today. Like he looked he didn't get much action, yeah, but no I running, no running backs really did. Giovanni Bernard did mostly because they had to pass the whole time. I mean, Bruce Arians stuck to his word today. He is their third down back. Um and in passing situations, they use Giovanni Bernard how we wanted them to use Giovanni Bernard. Exactly. Yeah. How. yeah. It's just it, the, the game circumstances sucked. Yeah, he, he was able to make it happen, dude. There were a lot of critical third downs he was able to convert. The guy is fast. He's able to make people miss out of the backfield. He's able to get yeah. open, just try and extend the play a little bit. And we saw that on full display. I think he had a little over 50 yards receiving, which is exactly what you want to see from a guy like Gio. Yeah, and real quick, Sean Proctor in the chat, I think, explains it perfectly. The Bucks' run scheme doesn't do any favors to running backs. I mean, you oh, could yeah, put, Ronald Ronald, put Ronald Jones in the Kyle Shanahan's run scheme, and he's getting 1,000 yards every year. Um, it's just the Bucks' run scheme is just not – it's not 
catered to towards running backs. Uh, Kyle says, I like Isaiah, but he'll be going for picking the second and secondary needs to be the biggest focus. Okay. Well, for one, you know, remember how young the secondary is. So I'm not convinced they would be going to draft another young secondary player within the first two rounds. Sorry, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Well, and after and, how and many two, straight years and, of drafting? And two, if they want Isaiah Spiller, they're going to have to draft him in the first round. So that's just how that's what it's going to be. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, they they drafted, they've just drafted so many young players in the secondary. And Carlton Davis is a good young player. Jamel Dean, while he has a, had his struggles, he's still a young player that's shown talent. Sean Murphy Bunting, same thing. Mike Edwards, same thing. This is Antoine Winfield's second season. Like, I still think we forget just because they won a Super Bowl and had success, we forget just how young they still are. Like, we forget. We don't, we forget that this is Devin White's third NFL season. Right. Most of these guys are still on rookie contracts. Like, you know, this is Vita Vea's fifth. Like, it's not like these guys are veterans that have, like, actually, this is Vita Vea's fourth, I think. So, it's, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I think if they're going to add a corner, you know, in the off season, we're talking in the off season when everything's said and done, no matter if they win a Super Bowl or not, whatever, if they determine that they need a corner, I think it's more likely to be a veteran than, than a, the, the draft, another first round or second round pick and invest in developing those guys. It takes a while for corners to develop. Carlton Davis, this is year four for Carlton Davis, and he's just now really coming into his own. And, and, you know, the first year Carlton Davis was okay. Second year was a little bit better than his third year. You know, do you have the patience for to to wait three years for a corner to develop? You're going to be picking in the the late 20s or or, or 30s, whatever. Like, you're going to be picking there. What's going to be left there? Do you have the patience for that for that type of player? So we'll, we'll see what happens. That is a long ways away, folks. It's week three. They're two and one. L- let's relax. Yeah. While we uh, wrap up the conversation about the offense for Tampa Bay, another guy I think who deserves some credit today, Chris Godwin. Six receptions, well. 74 yards. I mean, that's what he does. You know, we look Mike at Evans what this offense well. was able to do. Tom Brady throwing for damn near 450 yards without Antonio Brown. And I think that's also important to remember as we look at the offensive production today, while it wasn't very balanced, they were playing from behind. Tom Brady isn't usually going to throw 55 passes a game, but uh, being behind 17 points in the first half is definitely going to force you to do that every now and again. Or I'm sorry, start of the second half, being down 17 points. doesn't matter when you're down 17 points in a football game. You're going to have to throw the ball. It it felt like it felt like when the game started, they were down 17. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) it was a frustrating game, but we definitely try to look at some of the silver lining. Some other receivers that I I just wanted to talk about really quickly. You know, we talked about Antonio Brown not being out there. Scotty Miller today, he had a handful of catches. I think two, two or three. Yeah. Um, But one that I remember the most was like, they were trying to get him some short work. You know, they were throwing him the routes that they usually throw to a guy like Antonio Brown. And uh, there was one that he had where he was wide open by himself, had two defenders in front of him and had the choice to either run forward and try and get the first down or do what he ultimately did, stand there and try and shake somebody out of their shoes and get tackled a couple yards short of the marker. Um, that pissed me off. I mean, I'm just nitpicking. Was that was that right before the 55-yard field goal? Is that what you're talking about? I, I, I know think, they they he I tossed it to it Miller was. right before. And, yeah, yeah, I think that's the one I'm thinking of. But 
you know, it, it, it made me mad a little bit, but the whole point that I wanted to take away from that. And the whole reason that I brought it up is that I think having Antonio Brown back this uh, next week against new England is just going to be a nice breath of fresh air for this offense hopefully, because yeah, you don't have to, to you don't have to make Scotty Miller try and do stuff like that every week. Yeah. Hopefully he's able to be back. And um, I, I mean, you know, this is not the type of defense to play Scotty Miller against They're They're not, they're going to look for to limit the big play. And that's, you know, yeah. I mean, that that's a good point by Tom Lee here too. Uh, this is the first time the Bucks played a, in a away game with full crowd noise. Yeah, that fact that that matters. Like well, that matters. And they, um, they talked about it at the beginning of the game. I think it was Josh Wells who had a false start because they were working first on the, plays in. They were working false on start. the silent count. It was it was the first drive. Yeah, that's something relatively new for Tampa Bay because for all of 2020, you really didn't have fans in the stands. And yeah. even when you did, Limited. they didn't necessarily make a uh, communication problem out there. So the Bucks have been getting some work on the silent count this week. And Josh Wells was, you know, on the very first drive, the guy who went out there and made the mistake. <laughs> um, yeah. Kyle says, I'm surprised at how they use Ramsey. Hmm. I think I remember somebody telling you exactly how they were going to use Jalen Ramsey. Huh. I'm not sure where, where you could find that, though. Maybe there's a video out there on YouTube that yeah, maybe you can, a podcast. You can find. I don't know. Maybe a podcast where you could say that Jalen Ramsey wasn't just going to shadow Mike Evans. He was going to play all over, all over the field. Hmm. Not really sure, but yeah, uh, just to wrap things up it, real quick, this is going to be one of the la- last things I, I don't have a take bag really. Um, I don't, but this could be my take bag, I guess. You know, it's funny to me that the same people that freak out when I pick against the Bucks, when I pick the Bucks to lose and say, how dare you, this and that, or the same people that I see freaking out when the Bucks do lose. Like, they're, they're the same people. They're like, oh, how dare you pick the Bucks to lose this and that, this. But then, you know, after the game, when, when, they're, when I'm right, they are freaking out. Oh, this team's overrated. This team, this, this season, what it season's done. Yeah, they're, you know, this and that. And I'm just sitting here all calm. It's one football game, folks. If this was the Atlanta Falcons that did this to the Bucks, yeah, I'd be a lot more angry. It's the Rams. It's not even like this is a fringe contender. This is a Super Bowl contending team. A lot of people's top team in the NFC. Like a lot uh, of it, the- I, 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 for me, it is right now because you, you know you can't. I, I can't have the Bucks be beaten by the Rams like that and and say that they're not. I just can't. Sorry, right? I, I can't sit there and and actually say that the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. But now this gives the Bucks a, a test, right? It gives the Bucks a test. You'll see they, him again. Maybe you'll yeah. see him in the NFC Championship game, and then you just stay in LA for a week. How about that? Right, that'd be nice. Cardi with a great point, and I'll uh, I'll kind of wrap very, it up with this as very, well. Great, a fantastic point. It's very. Yes. We have some spoiled fans right now, and yes. uh, you know, a World Championship will will definitely do that to you. But folks, it's important to remember that if you have listened to this podcast for an extended period of time, you know that we have talked about five and eleven seasons. Six it, and ten yeah. seasons. Yeah. It has not always been great, and we have seen this team at far worse. The the fact of the matter is, it still is only week three. Nobody wins a championship in week three, and yeah. uh, the Chiefs are one and two. Like, come on, dude, it's it's week three. You, yeah, nobody's you know? gonna, nobody's going to be worried about the Chiefs. Like, <laughs> you know, and they're they have a worse they they're under five hundred. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I. The issue, 
and I've said this on the show before, you know, the issue with winning the Super Bowl is that that's what happens. The fans get spoiled and uh, the winning the Super Bowl the way they did, right? They won four straight games in the regular season and then they won four straight in the playoffs and then they won their first two games of this season. It, it had Bucks fans feeling a sense of uh, inv- invincibility uh, and may have had the team feeling maybe a little invincible. Maybe that's an issue. Maybe it's a good thing, you know, that they got beat here. The biggest issue, they went from seven and nine to not just making the playoffs, but they went from seven and nine being below 500, not being in the playoffs for 10 years to all of a sudden win a Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's the issue, right? Um, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Win the Super Bowl, whatever. That's great. But that's the reason I think you see so many, you know, spoiled fans because it was so much success so quick that you, you don't want to see old bucks pop up again. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to see that. Um, you know, uh, Willie Beeman, you're correct. You know, the matchups are in the Rams favor. The Bucks better be praying that they don't run into the Rams in the playoffs. Obviously, if they do, they'll have to deal with that, right? Yeah, but you said you but, said this all week too, even on the game preview when you predicted them to lose. You said, "Listen, it's just not a good matchup." Like if not. they would have played the Rams last year in the playoffs, even though I, they had Jared Goff, who I I think they might have beat, you still do not think that they would have beat them in the playoffs. I don't. I, I'm sorry, and and I you know the Bucks rightfully you know they won the super bowl fair and square they beat the packers they beat the the chiefs held the chiefs out of touchdown i know how hard that is um if they played the rams in the nfc championship game i don't even though that game would have been played in tampa i don't know if the bucks win i i really don't just like if the saints beat the bucks and the packers still beat the rams i think the packers go to the super bowl I, I don't think that the Packers were losing to the, to the Saints. They were losing to the Bucs, though. Bucs match up better. It, it, it happens, you know. The Rams are the Bucs kryptonite. The Bucs are the Packers kryptonite. It happens. This is football. It's going to happen. The, the Bucs, you know, their kryptonite used to be the Saints. They got over that hump. They got to go get over a new one now. And it's going to be much tougher. Hopefully, they're able to see the Rams some point in the next few months. Absolutely. I think as a football team, especially one as hungry as Tampa Bay is, their defense in particular, uh, in particular, they don't give a damn about the matchups, whether they're good or bad. They want to go out there and get the win against this Rams team. And just like you said, maybe down the stretch sometime in the playoffs, they get to see him again. And uh, the matchup ends up being in Tampa Bay's favor for that game. But ladies and gentlemen, That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us live after the week three game. Subscribe to the channel. Yeah, I got it. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. If you guys are uh, checking out the show and you are out in L.A. this week, we talked to a lot of you on the Mailbag Show who were in L.A. watching. 
So uh, safe travels on your way back to Florida. Hope you had a good time. Yeah. I know the result isn't what you wanted, but I hope you had a good time at that beautiful. I mean, just an amazing stadium. Yeah, man. I saw all the pictures and the videos people were posting all week. It really did look like a good time over there on the West Coast. Plenty of Bucks love as well. Watching the game today, there was a good balance of red shirts in the stands, and I enjoyed that. I, I like seeing that. You know, Tampa Bay has a little bit more of a presence now among the fan community. I know the, you know, the buy-in rate is different for everybody. It took people longer than others to get back any Buccaneer football. But at the end of the day, Bucks football is cool again, right? And even though it's a loss this week, there's still 14 games left and uh, nobody wins a championship in week three. But that is the show. Thank you guys so much for checking it out this week. Brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. If you sign up on their website or download their app, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. So uh, go out there and make some money. Yeah, and real quick, uh, Emily asked, when is our next show? I can don't, t- don't know when, but I can tell you that the next show should be a mailbag show. So if you have a question, be sure to send it to canifierpodcast at gmail.com. Or send it to one of us on Instagram. We go through them, whatever. Uh, We will be answering your questions. The mailbag shows are more laid back, kind of like a discussion. So send us a, whether it's a question, whether it's a take, whether it's just an opinion you have about the team, be sure to send us that canifierpodcast at gmail.com or reach out at canifierpod on Twitter or canifierpodcast on Instagram. Yes, sir. You love to hear it. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week with that mailbag show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys next time. And as always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.